is Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Welcome, Deepak Chopra. Thank you. Yes, this is Uri. Hi, Uri. It's Nicole Whitney calling News for the Soul. Welcome to News for the Soul, Robert Allen. Thank you, Nicole. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Happy Sunday. It's time now for Soul Place Radio. Megan, welcome back. Hey, Danielle. Thank you so much. And hello, everybody out there, and welcome to Soul Place Radio. I'm so excited. We have a jam packed show today talking all about the astro for august about the eclipses the mercury retrograde and everything in between so hang in there and we'll get into the astrology in just a moment and i also just want to let you all know that to find out more about me you can go to my website it's meganskinner.com that's m-e-g-a-n skinner.com and I have a new book out, and it's called Compass, Navigating Your Intuitive Gifts for Success and Well-Being. And you can, you know, it's on Amazon. There's a link on the book page on my website. And I am just amazed at all the great feedback that I've been getting from everybody about Compass and how it's really helping people out there understand more about their intuition and the psychic realm and their gifts and how to develop in develop it in a safe and very grounded way. So check out Compass. Navigating Your Intuitive Gifts for Success and Well-Being. And once again, you can go to my website. It's MeganSkinner.com. Okay, so uh, it's time for the show. And let me just bring on my guest, my favorite guest, my favorite astrologer and wellness coast coach. <laughs> I think I've had too much caffeine, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Hi, Megan. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back on the show with you and to talk all about astrology for August at all. Yes, and this is, you know, we've had many discussions about this. This is going to be a really big month. And let's just start, you know, if you will, lead us in here, Stephanie, and just kind of give us just a little bit of an overview, especially with the eclipses. We have a lunar and a solar eclipse happening this month. So just can you start us off and just tell us a little bit more about this eclipse energy? Yes, of course. So as you know, and as I'm sure most of your listeners know, eclipses are not anything that are uncommon, right? There's four to six eclipses every year, and they're pretty much split into two. But what is so really powerful about these eclipses is is a couple of things. One is they are just in the midst of this August that features so many other strong astrological alignments. And pretty much, you know, like especially in the United States, right, all eyes are on and literally probably will be the solar eclipse on August 21st because it is going to be visible across the whole band of the U.S. So we have this eclipse. Um, on August 7th, which is a full moon eclipse. 
And, you know, full moon eclipses are things comes like a full moon, right? Things come to illumination, but almost on a bigger, richer, life-shifting level. And, you know, we have Mars and Leo now, and Mars is hanging out right with that eclipse. So it sort of seems like it's poised to be quite powerful in terms of the awareness that we are getting. I'd say sort of part of the collective message, right, because it's Bands, Leo and Aquarius is yeah. how can the eye, you know, shine forth while still being this, you know, in gorgeous contribution to the group and to the collective, where the collective doesn't subsume the individual, but the, the individual doesn't fight on an ego level, then therefore getting in the way of itself, its contribution to the whole. So that yeah. sort of, and obviously where it fits in people's charts depends upon what it might do for them, but that feels like one of the strong sort of collective themes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because, you know, I, I like that you're bringing up that, you know, this whole, Leo is such a big player in this whole, you know, in this whole, uh, you know, equation. And, you know, also, uh, you know, we, we've got that lunar eclipse, and that's in Aquarius, and then the solar eclipse is in Leo. And so you're talking about, you know, that dynamic between Leo and Aquarius. And, you know, what it brings to mind to me is the whole concept of the age of Aquarius. And to mm. me, the age of Aquarius is, you know, one planet, one God, you know, where we all come together in community, you know, in humanity to really help and support each other, but also celebrating our individual dharma and our individual gifts. Mm-hmm. And so, like you're saying, it's that amazing collective while still celebrating the individual. And so I think that this month with that Aquarius Leo energy, it's really, to me, so age of Aquarius. Yeah, for sure. And I must be able to stand in that, like, what else do you need that is supportive? And you and I just the other day, right, we're talking about a theme that we noticed that was very Leonine, like in this year of this incredible, you know, people having incredible challenges of like things moving really fast in the sense of recreation of themselves and of structures around them, like what is holding people like together is this notion very Leo of fun, like, okay, life is too short and life is too stressful, like, why not, you know, I'm not going to do something unless it's also going to be fun. And, and this is really beautiful because I always feel like we, we sort of discount fun or levity or playfulness. Like, oh, that's just for this. Or, you know, we have to do. But this beautiful notion of how we can work with the heart opening experience, yes, right, yes. of fun and yes. levity and have that be a real conscious process. Yes, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I think that's, you know, one of the great things about, you know, Leo energy is, you know, is it is so heart-oriented. And, you know, when Leo is at its best, it's compassionate and generous and big-hearted. And so, you know, with all the drama, because eclipses, I mean, they <laughs> represent drama, right? And then, you know, we could just, just lay the rest of it out this month, and we've got that you know, Mercury retrograde. And then we've still got Jupiter. Jupiter and Pluto uh, squaring each other, and that's still in play. Do you want to talk a little bit of that just to kind of get the big overview? Yeah, so, you know, especially, you know, the first week of this month, and I mean, it's not limited to the first week of August, but it's quite um, 
an incredible sort of shakeup. Like a lot of the themes that we've all been playing with and working with the last 10 months seems very, very strong because you have the, you know, Uranus station on the second. So, you know, definitely a week that may have people experiencing shakeups and shakedowns, like things that just feel unexpected or unanticipated, again, really calling us all forth to be in this, you know, they like to call it like bouncy strategy, right? Things are like coming (laughs) at you so fast and you have to be resilient in terms of knowing that like you can handle things that are unexpected. And then this Jupiter-Pluto square that has been really, you know, strongly reverberating in terms of this message of diving deep, you know, looking below the surface, owning your shadow, like digging into like almost that basin where your fears are stored, right? To be able to go in them and give them voice so that they don't hold that power over you as strongly as they do when they're more unconscious. That, you know, last of that Jupiter-Pluto squares, the first of which started in on, was the first was on Thanksgiving, will be on the fourth. Now, that doesn't mean on the fifth, like that's all over, of course, right? Because <laughs> right, there's right. still that strong energetic of that, but we really have sort of been taken to task with ourselves of, okay, how do we both find a whole new level of resistance, resilience, and also within that, you know, how has been the, being honest with ourselves, right, plumbing our fears, mm-hmm. owning our shadow, been a key element to living with more freedom and with more depth. And, right. you know, I would just sort of suggest for people to sort of look at that theme throughout the last 10 months and also see the first couple of weeks what bubbles up around that because that um, really feels like the source of power and clarity. Yeah, yeah, right. And then, you know, also we've got Jupiter opposite Pluto, I mean, excuse me, Jupiter opposite Uranus that's coming up too, that we're going to start to feel that energy as well. Yeah, so the last of those oppositions, I believe, is sometime the very last week of September, and that's still bubbling through the consciousness even in August, right? And what's so interesting about August, too, is that there's a tie-in with the dwarf planet series that connects to Jupiter, connects to Pluto, connects to Uranus, which, you know, series is about the Earth, right? Series is about our groundedness. Series is that, like, fierce mother, you know, and so it's almost this sense of like, where are you called to really deeply protect and fight for all that you generate, all that you create, whether it be your literal children, right, I mean your children's children, or the children (laughs) that are your act of creativity, you know, and really being, feeling maybe this month of being called to the mat to really stand for and protect that which you love and that you help to co-create. Stephanie, that is so powerful. I mean, all in all, I mean, just like we've, because we've spent a lot of time talking about this and it's like, (laughs) the more we talk about it, the more I'm kind of in awe, you know, about this month (laughs) and just about the, the transformational, you know, potentials. And, you know, you bring up the, the element of fierce mother. And, you know, what that kind of reminds me also of is, is that lunar full moon eclipse 
that mm-hmm. is on the seventh because lunar is you know moon and mother and deeper emotions and whereas that solar eclipse which will be later in the month to me solar eclipses tend to affect more of the outer landscape you know it's governments and dynasties and monarchs especially with leo but that lunar you know full moon eclipse to me it's more about your inner landscape and your emotions and your inner world right and it's in the sign of Aquarius, and the moon is not, you know, always comfortable in Aquarius because Aquarius is this very high vibrational energy, and the moon just wants to flow. And then here we've got this very Aquarian thing going on. And so I think that, you know, for better or for worse, that that lunar eclipse full moon is going to take people outside of their comfort zones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, like building on that, you know, part of it is, too, like with the lunar eclipse, right, you have the sun, right, the ego, the sense of I, obscuring the moon, right? So that right. itself, you know, when you have this, like, not necessarily deep connection or clear connection with the moon, right, well, how do you feel? What is nourishing to you? You, have, you get a new level of understanding. And similarly with the solar eclipse, when we have the moon, you know, eclipsing the sun, the moon is so um, visible, right? It is really that space, too, where we're then getting a new connection with, you know, in that space where things are interior, right, in that space where that things are quiet, in that beautiful sea of your emotions, you know, what exists there? So it always feels like during those eclipses, because of that solar lunar relationship, we can also see, like, what do we care about? What makes right. us feel good, right? To gain that different level of understanding, both in terms of what you're talking about with the eclipse and then connecting it back to theory. Like, what feels good? What do we want to protect? You know, what do we want to stand for? So, right. you know, talk right. about really getting clear. I mean, but it's funny we use the word clear during the eclipses when things are not clear. <laughs> I mean, that's part of the point is to gain comfort in the unclarity. I mean, you know right, during the right, season right. things are changing. You can feel them. You're not quite sure. You, know, you don't necessarily know, like, well, where is this all going to go? You know, because things are obscured, but you just trust in the process. Yeah. But even if it's not clear right now where the sea change is taking you, that through that conscious commitment to your intentionality, that it will bring you where you would, you know, inherently you want to be. Right. And, you know, I love that you, you know, take the um, hashtag bouncy approach. Um, You talk a lot. I love that. You talk so much about being bouncy. It's like a game of dodgeball. You got to be able to duck, dive, and you know, catch it, you know, or whatever. And so to be able to be in that very fluid space of, you know, being prepared for the unexpected, like you, like you said, and also the willingness to do the work and the willingness to go into the unknown or the darkness or the depths and, you know, to release fear about what you find because 
to me, eclipses are all about transformation. And, you know, in esoteric astrology, they actually say that eclipses represent karmic releases. And, you know, and maybe this would be a good thing for us to touch on, Stephanie, is I've got a number of calls from clients um, asking, like, what is going on out there? I am hearing so much on the news about earthquakes and global disasters and, you know, California falling into the ocean and this kind of thing. And I really feel like some of that is tied into this heightened eclipse energy, which, you know, (coughs) excuse me, back in the old days, you know, eclipses were like represented, you know, the apocalypse. So, you know, just weigh in on that, Stephanie. Yeah, I think one of the, the first thing that comes to my mind that I, I have to share from that place is especially thinking about this, a solar eclipse, right? I mean, we think about a solar eclipse, which is a new moon, and we think about like sort of the after the solar eclipse, something new is, you know, burgeoning, there's birth being had, you know, a new stage is occurring. And yet, right, for something really new to plant itself, we need to sort of weed, right, the garden in which it will be planted. And usually right before, you know, before solar eclipse, and remember, right, that eclipses are not a one-day wonder, right? We start to feel them a month or so before. So before that solar eclipse, it's like things that are not in alignment with new growth do seem to give way, right? They disappear. They are released. Otherwise said, we can use that energy to say, you know, so maybe that's why it also feels like we're going towards, there's no control and, you know, California's going to fall into the water or what have you, but (laughs) what's disappearing, what is going away? And, and it, you know, it's interesting because it does play off of that Pluto fear, right? That fear of sort of destruction and loss of control. But I really feel like some of the beauty of this month, especially building up to the solar eclipse, is to say, okay, if there's new growth coming, but I am needing to clear before, what do I want to clear? You know, what really, what habit, what belief, what sort of, you know, um, compulsion, right? What relationship, what thing, what job, you know, name it, is in my life that really has reached its expiration date? And how do I, you know, be honest about that? And how do I also have a faith that I can release that and something will come in its space, right? So as opposed to just sort of waiting for things to be sort of possibly like pulled away, how do we be a conscious participant in that release, that release that is such an inherent part of new growth? Right, right. And I I love that you talk so much about being intentional with all of this. And, you know, if we just all look at August as this amazing, you know, cosmic energetic porthole to transformation, if if we're just very mindful and intentional, even though we don't know the outcomes, I mean, I think this just could be like the most amazing month for everyone to really, you know, clear out and regroup and recalibrate, you know, and really bring in some new energy. And you know what's so interesting? Like, do you look at the sequence of things? And it's not that, like, not so isolated. Like, just because something happens before something else doesn't mean it's over when that other thing happens, right? But you sort of play through the month and you say, okay, on the second, is the has been the, like, you're in a station. Okay, we're more aware of, like, how we can break out of our limits, right, and how we can do things fresh and break patterns. 
Then there's the Jupiter square Pluto. Okay, the lessons of diving down, connecting to your fears, looking at your unconscious. You know, then there's that eclipse, right, on the 7th of the illumination and, you know, what you spoke to, which I thought was so beautiful about, like, the individual and embracing the Aquarian age, right? Then we go to the Mercury retrograde. How do we go back and look back and review things that we may not have really understood before? And we get more reflective. Then we go to, you know, building to the 21st, the eclipse. We've let go of things so that we will initiate a whole new way of of being, you know, and something new in our life that might relate to being heart-centered. And then what I think is so beautiful is on the 25th, right after that eclipse, we have the Saturn station, right? And it's going direct. So it's like, that and it's definitely, and, and just it for real. Our, our listeners out there that don't understand the station, like with the yeah. Saturn station, Uranus, can you just, you know, explain that for the listeners? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. I just sort of like, no, that's okay. Just, no, I think it would be helpful. So when a planet stations, right, and a planet like Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto station twice a year, and this is basically the point at which they're apparent direction in the sky changing, right? So they seem to, quote, slow down in their movement so that they then can, and then they look like they're turning around, right, by our view. So when this happens, what the themes related to this planet seem to be very strong in the collective. So, again, say around the 2nd of August when Uranus was stationing, Uranian themes of earth, there's the earthquakes, of earthquakes, of shocks, of surprises, of repatterning may feel very strong in the collective. And then alternatively, right. around the 25th, when Saturn's stationing, that notion of I'm going to build a strong foundation around something, you know, really architect something to have strong bones might feel also really strong. Right, and I think it's a great way to, you know, quote, end the month, you know what I mean, that you've mm-hmm. gone through all this transformation, and here we've got Saturn, like, going, okay, let's rebuild this sucker, you know what I mean, let's <laughs> let's put some new bones down, you know, so, I, you know, I like that, how it kind of, you know, all goes full circle, and, you know, normally when we're talking about the astrology for the month, you know, if there's a Mercury retrograde, that's usually the first thing that comes up, and this month, it, it almost feels like an afterthought, you know, it's, you know, it's like, with all the other stuff it's like oh yeah there's a there's this mercury retrograde and like you're saying i actually think that the mercury retrograde is you know a welcome thing this month because i think it will help us to slow down and give us that time to kind of reflect with all the you know the the drama that is going on energetically I mean, don't you start like when mercury retrogrades come around like don't you take on that perspective of just slowing down and it and it feels really like beneficial almost that permission to just like yeah it's be easy not charge forward and it's both there's ease that gets created but also you know have you had those experiences where just by slowing down it's like oh wait I realized this I see that I realized the other thing right because we're just we're not just pushing, pushing, pushing. So, yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I and I, you know, it's, uh, you know, and we've talked about this before. It's, it's almost kind of funny that 
people have, and I don't quite know why, they have such a strong reaction to the Mercury retrograde. If you go on social media, like the day before the Mercury retrograde, there's all these like posts about, oh my God, and it's the retrograde, and <laughs> my life is going to hell in the handbasket. And I don't know, it might be part of that, you know, feeling out of control, but I find retrogrades to be incredibly empowering in giving us a chance to kind of take that step back and to regroup a little bit. And I think the world right now is in such fast motion. You know, the scientists are talking about things speeding up and, you know, just living the life of a human being on the planet. It's like we're just jumping from, excuse me, one thing to another to keep up. And to me, part of the beauty of astrology and learning about the gravitational influences of the planets is if we can work with them, there's, there's this amazingly healthy, you know, holistic way of being in sync with our lives. I completely, completely, of course, agree with that. You know, and I'm thinking too, right, with this, um, you know, that theme that I feel like a lot of people have touched, you know, and I think it's been for many, many years, but it just feels really strong to you this year about control, right? And feeling like, yeah, what control yeah. do I have? You know, and, and, you know, hopefully people coming to realize, like, okay, on some level, control is an illusion, but there are places where we can assert that. Like, we do have choice, like choice on how we may orient towards something. And, you know, seeing, like, you bring up, like, the news or the world, like, the news cycle is so fast and furious that, you know, how, or, you know, we feel like we need to keep up putting out information, keeping on, you know, but it's like, wait, you don't, if you stop, if you stop and you pull back, you know, Rather than it, you feeling like I'm going to miss something, maybe that experience will help us to discover something more, yeah. right? Because you're getting perspective. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I think you know, and, and I think this is also why you know meditation and you know mm. mindfulness practices are just so you know in vogue these days. And mm-hmm. is I think everybody is looking for ways to just slow down. And, you know, disconnect and really go inward. And, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, we don't want to be ostriches and put our heads in the sand. I think it's important to absolutely be aware of what's going on out there. But yet I think we really have to temper our, you know, our exposure. Excuse me. <coughs> I've just been talking so much the last few days. My voice is giving <laughs> out. But we have to temper our exposure because... I think it actually starts to shift our consciousness and contributes to more fear-based thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And I love when you talked about in terms of like that mindfulness, right? And it's like a lot of people say, oh, meditation, yeah, something I want to do, but like who has time kind of thing, which, you know, and I almost feel like with a Mercury retrograde, you're like, even if you weren't going to do any mindful exercises or be my, you know, the this permission that we have during these three weeks, because this is really what the energetic is about, right? It's that reflectiveness and turning inward and being more slow and thoughtful and mindful with one's approaches, you know? So, and it's almost like, again, giving yourself permission, right? To sort of 
saying, okay, wait, this fast and furious hamster wheel, like I'm actually giving yeah. myself permission to move off of that, even if it's for these three weeks right now, and and come to that with a sense of beginner's mind of like, what will I mm-hmm. see and what will I discover? You know, yeah. and it could be just so much beauty. And like you say, as opposed to, right, all the fear that gets created, you know, like some people are like, oh, my God, it's Mercury retrograde and it's going to hide under the covers for three weeks, which is, you know, <laughs> not, I think. Right, and, and, and just so you know, folks, Stephanie does have a Mercury retrograde uh, flower essence spray. I'm actually looking at it right here. I've got it right. <laughs> I have it ready to go <laughs> for the retrograde. <laughs> and. People can order that. It's really lovely. Um, they can order that off your website, correct? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and it's, yeah, again, it's not for, like, you know, so your computers won't break or you'll have missed, you know, it's not for <laughs> no. that. It's more about, you know, getting using flower seasons that help people get in alignment with what the energetic opportunity is at that time, right? Enhancing self-reflection, you know, really, like, feeling more confident about going to that inner space of quietude. You know, also, like, camping down for those people who are nervous about, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Like, really helping to quell that sort of sense of anxiousness and really, you know, connecting soft and um, voice and and it's just it's also just a really nice ritual to do just to like to take a pause, which feels very much very right, right. Like the opportunity. Yeah, you know, I, I, you bring up a you bring up a great thing there, Stephanie, about ritual. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're going to be doing for the solar eclipse, but you're gonna. <laughs> I think you're gonna be out in your lovely garden. But I think you know, like we've talked about being intentional, but also to bring in the sacred practice of ritual around all this. You know whether you're alone or coming together with people, setting those intentions, lighting a candle, that brings an extra layer of mindfulness to the equation. Right? And that itself has so much. Excuse me. Oh, you're okay there? Oh, my gosh. Why don't you talk for just a minute, Stephanie? Let me take off my headphones and have a big glass of water. Okay, okay. Um. So again, thinking what you were saying about the intentionality and how that's so important, right? I mean, one, when you just stop for a moment and you get really intentional, you quiet down, right? Your mind quiets, your nervous system quiets, you know, and there's just this sense of just grounding in, which in and of itself has such beautiful benefits. And then it's really to say, okay, what is it, say, for the solar eclipse? What is it that I want to create in my life? And for that, what do I want to release? What do I want to let go of? And then you can mark the moment, right, on that day of the solar eclipse or after that, you know, doing something that is some sort of action. It can be, you know, writing something down. It can be writing something down that you want to release and plant using the fire, right? Leo is the fire element of, like, burning, you know, offering to the fire that which you want to release. You know, is it, you know, also, you know, doing some creative projects? Is it, you know, however it is to then mark that intentionality, becomes just a very um, aligning and empowering activity. I'm back. Yay, <laughs> oh how gosh. are you? 
I'm good. I'm sucking on a cough drop. I don't know what's going on with my voice, but um, thanks for kind of taking over there, Stephanie. I think you were talking about some great wellness practices for, you know, this month. Yeah, so I'm talking to you about, like, this notion of, and you and I have talked about this, right, like using the elements, right, before these rituals, especially for the one with the solar eclipse, you know, to use fire, right? Say, for example, like taking what you want to get rid of and you want to release and burning that. Um, Oh, the other thing I thought that I wanted to share was, and you and I have talked about this before, about what's so interesting is that, this solar eclipse, right, it's the new moon, and it's the moon and the sun in Leo. And this year, that's actually the second of two Leo new moons. The first right. one was right. on July 23rd. Right. And so it might be, so it's almost like you have the alpha and omega of Leo <laughs> new moons this year. And to think about, too, for all of us, you know, around the 23rd of July, did something come in, whether like some form literally came into your life, some event, some opportunity, or some level of awareness of what you wanted to create in your life that would have you more, very Leo, aligned with your heart, right? That sense mm-hmm. of fun, creativity, self-expression, romance, right. play. What came in? And then I'd say, like, remember that sort of take that as a guiding force through August, and then by seeing that, you, you realize, oh, this is what I want to really do. Okay, what's getting in the way of that? That then becomes released, and then you almost, like, re-enhance that intentionality at that solar eclipse. You and- know, Stephanie, I absolutely love that. Thank you for bringing that up, and... You know, I have Leo rising, so, you know, I just <laughs> celebrate two um, two Leo new moons in a, in a row. And I think that would be a great way of kind of working with all that fiery energy is to really be aware of and maybe, you know, like you're saying, set intentions about your creative process. And for a lot of people out there, I think when we talk about self-expression or being creative, they think it has to be artistic. And what Leo is really about is expressing yourself, and it doesn't have to be writing a book or painting a picture. It can be anything that really allows you to really put your uniqueness out there in the world, and that can take a lot of different forms. Right, and it feels like this (coughs) is a month to really – like encourage ourselves to do that, right? But like you say, but not without the pressure that like self-expression means or creativity means like writing an opus or painting a picture or <laughs> no, it's because that takes so much pressure. Or some people say, well, that's not my bent. Like I'm not about that. And then they say, therefore, I'm not creative or I'm not artistic right, right. or I don't, I can't express because myself. Because all human I mean, beings are creative. I mean, you know, if you, that's part of who we are. Life is a creative process. Like whatever yes, it we is. do as we move through the day, you know. So what do you know? Almost too like thinking about what about this? Like that the sort of the create the creative act par excellence is our lives, right? Like how do right, you want to right, how can you right. look at your life as an art, right? And how can you like then see like if my life is this canvas upon which I paint, how do I want yeah. to live? 
you know, and, and, you know, what can I do in my life so that it feels more, you know, connected to my heart, rewarding, fulfilling, aligning with my values, you know, and just how, you know, maybe it's for people this month to just like paint their life, right? Or like, you know, and, and to tap into, you know, what it means to, like, express yourself, you know, whether it be, like, right, the right. signature line in your email or the way that you cook your dinner at <laughs> right, night or the way that you, like... Self-expression can be so healing, oh, you know, because yes, I think everybody's unique and, you know, right? Right, and you see, people give themselves permission to be Yeah, there's that permission word again. Like, oh, and it's not about being perfect. It's not... Right? It's not about the end result. Oftentimes, it's very much about the joy of the process. Right. And it's about being you, right? Like, none of us are perfect. Yeah. But in that, we're perfect, right? Because we're who we are. And just allowing yeah. for that. You know, I oftentimes think, too, about, like, a Leo, you know, because we, what we haven't talked about, right, is that, like, the pride and dignity thing, right, of Leo. Right, right, Sometimes, right, like, right. makes it where people don't express themselves because they're, like, worried that they'll embarrass themselves or who am I, you know, or that. But I right, also feel, right, and, too, you know, like, you have to have courage, you know. You have to be lion-hearted and have courage sometimes to express yourself. Right. You know, it it's like in the throw, you know, Leo um, – one of the cards in the major arcana of the tro is the sun card, and it's ruled by Leo. And so when I think about Leo energy and the sun and the solar eclipse, the, and the meaning of the sun card, first of all, is just joy. And it's mm. very much the card of getting back to innocence and getting back to that place. Like, you know, it comes after the moon card, which is kind of interesting if we look at it in terms of the the lunar eclipse and then the solar eclipse because the moon card in the tro is very much about the dark night of the soul and going within and clearing out the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, stagnant waters of the past. And then when we move to the sun card, we're reborn. And there's no baggage there. And so with the sun card, what they talk about is just shine your light. Like Mm -hmm. Aleister Crowley, you know, talks about in his book of Toth, shine your light. You you know, there's no worries. You don't have to think about what anybody else is thinking. And I think that's part of that joy of Leo and creativity and the solar eclipse is just that freedom to be innocent and courageous enough to shine your light, kind of like go big or go home. <laughs> you know, and I think oftentimes people feel like, um, I don't want to say this. It's like, you know, your light is the gift to you, but your light is also the gift to the rest of us, right? So oh, when people yeah. don't share who they are, it's not, you know, not only are they doing a huge disservice to themselves, but to the to the world around. Which then kind of actually now makes me think that's that Leo Aquarius thing. Like own the gifts right, that you right. are and shine your life because it's not just because it's selfish or it's about you. It's also because we need you, right? Like you're a right, to the right, rest of right. Us. And I love the idea of like Dharma. Like we all have an individual gift and an individual contribution to make. And if we all do that, then the collective can come together and be Mm. self-sustaining. 
Yeah. Power, that Leo is really, really powerful energy. And, you know, should we just kind of get the elephant out of the living room here, Stephanie? Because I, we, let's talk a little bit about politics. And I know you and I are not really big political people, especially with the astrology. But just because there's so much conversation out there right now about a President Trump, has his he has he has Leo rising I believe and that the eclipse is going to be greatly affecting uh, uh, Trump on his ascendant and so that could be all sorts of different things but suffice to say that solar eclipse it's going to be interesting to see how it all falls out and solar eclipses to me really especially in leo which is the sign of monarchies and a dynasty and kings and queens and you know all these different things it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of shakes out there and obviously we're already seeing this being kind of shook out. And I think a big part of this is alliances, and different mm-hmm. alliances are being tested. So do you have anything you want to say about that? Well, yeah, and it's interesting, right, because a lot of people, a lot of astrologers, we start talking about the solar eclipse, and that's where a lot of it, the conversation goes, you know, and so it's been really percolating for a while, but so much so that it's starting to also percolate out. I just saw yesterday that there mm. is an article in on Newsweek, like the Newsweek um, website, about how will the solar eclipse affect Trump, you know, because then astrologers are talking about that. And actually one of my teachers wow, kids was quoted that, in that. Right? right? Exactly. So, like, it's even, like, that the astrology, you don't know, that that sort of is percolating in on that level. Yeah, so, you know, Trump's ascendant, I believe, is 29 degrees Leo, which is where that solar eclipse is, you know, the ascendant or also known as your rising sign relates to your body. It also relates to your personality and how you're seen and you navigate through the world. So if we think that there is a new cycle that is emerging related to possibly his health or body or the way he's perceived, the way he orients, um, you know, and again, as we talked about, like something goes away so that something new right. emerged. And who knows? I mean, it definitely bodes for some big change related. But and again, something that's important to remember is, as we said, like a solar eclipse too is not a one-day phenomenon. It's not like it's nothing happens on the right. 21st. Right. So like, right. oh, then nothing right. happens. <laughs> you know, things unfold, seeds are planted and things unfold over the coming months. So, I mean, as if we even needed a sort of missive to say, pay attention to, you know, the presidency, like we all are. (laughs) Right, right. It's just going to be really interesting to see. And to your point, right, like solar eclipses is focused on royalty and dynasty. And, you know, and it feels like this is sort of part of the way that he's approaching the presidency, right? Almost like he seems like he wants to be king, right? And what's going to happen? And <laughs> right, the right, outcomes right. of that, and what is going to happen? Like, will that actually continue, and things will continue where it will seem almost more where he's pulling that power, or will people just say to, you know, the roots of our, you know, 
government structure. I don't know, obviously, but right. all I know. No, I just, you know, you know, it's just such an interesting time to be watching all this stuff. And, you know, I do love that, you know, astrology with the eclipses is getting more, you know, more press because I think it's a great tool for insight, you know. And the thing about astrology oftentimes is I always say it's like you'll know more afterwards, you know. We can talk about, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, completely predictive what we're talking about is energies right and what the energies hold and what the potentials are and then after the event we can go back and go well on that solar eclipse on that day and then donald trump then we can put it all together right and that'll be really interesting but you know before it all happens we're just working with what those different potentials are well, so, and to build on what you just said, right, thinking about August, you know, may not necessarily be that, like, all these things in the first Christmas happen in August, and, we, and again, because it's eclipse season, we may not see what's occurring, but almost, I'm sort of saying this as I'm thinking it, right, so I'm just sort of working <laughs> out, like, is August sort of more like our laboratory month, like, August is where we have this alignment, right, right? right. Well, we are intentionally, like, using the energies of breaking out of patterns and diving in and moving through our fears and, like, really owning our gifts and giving ourselves permission to be who we are. Like, how do we, like, almost like we're going back to school. We're doing that work then because, like you say, right, then it takes time and then it will unfold. But, you know, having, you know, being the August of intentionality, you know, feels really strong. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it does to me too. And I think, you know, when you're in that place, which is, of course, you mentioned beginner's mind, which I love because what you're saying is just be present. You know what I mean? When you're in the present, you know, that's where you can really, that's where the transformation will happen. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately. And just like everybody else, I mean, I've got a lot swirling around in my life. And, you know, sometimes it pushes different buttons. And what I've been thinking lately is, you know, the normally I would react this way. But I'm not going to react. I'm just going to see how this feels. And I'm going to mm. see what comes out of it. And I was even thinking the other day that, you know, by doing that, I was actually changing my my brain chemistry. And, you know, there's just so much out there in the world about the brain and brain chemistry and how we can change it through our consciousness and awareness. And when I thought about it, I thought, oh, I think I just changed my brain chemistry. (laughs) I don't have to automatically react like I used to. So that intentionality and that being present and observing, you know, and giving yourself space to just not, you know, go into old ways of being, to just go, hmm, let's see, let's try something new. Right, because it's, I feel, it's, I'm so glad you brought that up, right? Because I think a lot of times people say, like, oh, intentionality and manifestation, like, it seems so right, of right, the right, right. But actually, like, <laughs> remember we were talking the other day about that movie that Spockdano's working on that was related to showing how people who meditate and all these research studies that are happening at university that they actually do because the brain has plasticity. They are actually helping to rewire the neural network. Right. So this intentionality and mindfulness does actually, like you experience, change your brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's like because we've got so much happening this month, and, you know, it's, this is, you know, if you're ever going to be aware of your brain chemistry, <laughs> you know, this would be the time. And, you know, I think it's also a real shout-out for, 
you know, about that reactionary piece. And, you know, I'm sure you have and listeners out there have just experienced so many people in the world freaking out, you know, whether it's road rage or, you know, acting out in the restaurant or, you know, just being mean out there in the world and to just really, you know, instead of judging them, to have more Mm. compassion. You know what I mean? Because it's like, you know, it's so great that we can have these conversations and we can have this awareness, but I think a part of being heart-focused is also having compassion for others that maybe are at a little bit different part in their journey and are not quite aware in the same way and are so overwhelmed and inundated by this vibrational shifts that are happening that their bodies, you know, and their minds don't know how to integrate it. And so that's why I think a lot of them are acting out. And so as I'm going through, you know, last month and this month, I'm being more intentional about not judging others and their process. Because in this intense time, I think we're all dealing, and we're all dealing at kind of the level that we're at. That's so beautiful, right? And it feels, <laughs> it really is. And it's just the key and also so Leo, right? This is another way to use your Right, heart. right, right. You know, it's that so, be lion-hearted, be, be compassionate, you know? Even to those, those in the collective that you don't necessarily agree with or you react to not to react and to just, you know, shower, you know, be in a place of heart with people, everybody. Right, and, you know, because, you know, everybody is being so stimulated. I, I, you know, I don't think this is any mystery that the vibrational rate on the planet is being heightened and is quickening and, you know, whatever, however, you know, verbiage you want to use, we are kind of shifting dimensions and shifting paradigms. And I think that's why you see so many angry people out there in, on the TV or on the TV or wherever it may be and to just realize that, So many people are just kind of coping the best way that they can. And I think a part of the shift that's going on is I think people are going to become more and more aware of, you know, how to, you know, come up with strategies about dealing with all this intense energy. And I think that's what we're already starting to see. For sure. And, you know, Tiffany, you're also a wellness coach, right? And, is this like too general of a question to ask you? Like, what would you say about some wellness or uh, self care strategies for right now? Um, well, the first thing I is not too ge- general, and the first thing I would say is do self care, right? <laughs> oh, right, mind. right. <laughs> Step one, do it. <laughs> Step one is do it, right? Like, really, to, and how Leo is that, right? Like, I'm going to care for myself. You know, right, right. Give, give yourself permission to, and, you know, and actually instead of saying what to do, I'm going to say that. And I'm also going to say, like, you know, if you're thinking about Leo and you're thinking about also this notion we were talking about about self-expression, right? Like how right. do you, you know, what feels good to you? What turns you on? What gets you lit up when it comes to, like, you know, whether it be some exercise or food or some activity, like, when you're taking care to create that sense of vitality, you know, what lights you up? What's fun? What's playful? Like, and to engage in that. So I like that you use the word vitality here too, because I think that's very Leo and very Mm -hmm. part of what's going on is what makes you feel more vital and alive. 
Exactly. Can I, yeah. One more thing I wanted to just say, this sort of, this is sort of, you know, for the first handful of months of the year, like, stay bouncy was my, like, you know, my sort of yes. thing. <laughs> you know, my, my, and now, like, my other, which is thing, but now, like, I've had this question that I've been, like, working with with clients, you know, in the last handful of months, which does tap a little bit more into, like, the Pluto energy, as well as I feel like okay. the eclipses, which is this, this question of what's the worst that can happen? Like, if you uh-huh. get to a situation and, like, you are like, ah, you know, sometimes we just go into, like, ah, fear response. And you just say, okay, right, given right. this thing, I'm doing this thing, what's the worst that can happen? And what happens is it allows you to sort of start to use sort of, like, you discern and you start to solidify and see. And oftentimes what you realize is, like, the thing that's the worst, once you named it, it's not that bad after all. Or you're like, this right. is the worst. Okay, I brought it into form. Okay, now I know that I can sort of figure out a strategy to deal with this should it even occur. Mm. And that itself becomes really empowering, right? Giving that those voices name allows some of them just to sort of, you know, evaporate in a way because when they see the light, they aren't really something that, you know, really does draw fear. Or you're like, okay, this is the worst that can happen. Okay, and I will figure that out. If that should that come to pass, and um, I can tell at least with a lot of my clients, like that's been really helpful. So I just wanted to offer that. Yeah, I think that's a great wellness strategy. You know what I mean? It's like because I think everybody is dealing with fear of some sort right now, and yep. it can be a big fear or a little fear. And, you know, it, it reminds me of kind of like, you know, again, back to the language of the tro or the archetypes is it reminds me of the devil card. And what they say about the devil card is look it in the face and it will, like, disappear. The last thing you want to do is, you know, lock your devil up in the closet because, believe me, at some point it's going to bite you in the butt, you know. So there's incredible power in facing and naming fears. You know, that, you know, here we are talking about this month of just incredible transformation. That could be like one of the most powerful things you do this month. Because when you do that, right, it's also that sense of like, right, Leo is like the fire and it's moving. And like, if sometimes your people's fears can just paralyze them, right? And then it's right. like you're not right. in movement, you're not creating, you're not responding, your heart is closed. You're, mm. But this way, just you name your fears then you feel more empowered so you're even in movement with that. And it, and it breaks through that sort of also sense of paralysis, physical, right, emotional, right. mental paralysis. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, Stephanie, I am watching the clock, and our time is getting short. And before we wrap up, um, can you tell our audience uh, how yes. they can find you, your website, and then just a little bit about kind of what you're going to be up to in the next couple months? Yes. So you can find me in a host of different ways. My website is stephaniegaling.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-G-A-I-L-I-N-G.com. And I'm also on Instagram as stephanie underscore galing. So I would love you to join me there. Um, In the next couple of months, what am I up to? Well, I'm doing, I've created this capsule collection for Mercury Retrograde that's related to having like a 20-minute mini session for people who just want to like, it's for Mercury Retrograde, but it's really for August. Like, okay, this is all for August, but what's happening for you? How do you use the energies based on your own personal chart and some resources and 
the Mercury Retrograde Spray. Um, and then I'm working on, which knock on wood, it will be done in September, I don't know, because I'm just putting yeah. so much into it, this online class um, related to sleep and dreams, which I am just thrilled about. I'm so excited to share parts of it with you the other day. So Yeah, it, that's amazing. That is so amazing. And, so and then and that, Stephanie and, also... You're yeah. doing horoscopes now, too, monthly horoscopes? I was going to say, I am doing a new <laughs> monthly horoscope column for The Fold magazine. It's thefoldmag.com. So this is something really big and new. And then just continuing to work with my clients, you know, some of who yeah. I see, you know, yearly, and some people who, you know, I work with on a weekly or a biweekly basis who want to do astrologically inspired life coaching. So. Mm, mm. You are the, you are the busy popular gal these days. <laughs> like you, like you. Yeah, I know it's so. You know, I got to tell you, it's just so. Here we are talking about our work and having fun, and you know, it's so lovely to be able to work with colleagues and friends, you know, like you and some of the other great community that we've got here in Seattle and you know across the world and to bring our energy together and get to do events together and talk with each other and be on each other's podcasts and all that kind of good stuff. I tell you, it's just sometimes I can't even believe that I actually get paid for what I'm doing because it's just <laughs> so much fun and so fulfilling. And mm-hmm. I also just want to, um, you know, give another shout-out for um, my book, Compass, Navigating Your Intuitive Gifts for Success and Well-Being, and you can find that on uh, Amazon.com, and all the links are on my website at MeganSkinner.com. And also, you know, Stephanie, I mean, here we are talking about what we're doing. We should let people know also that we have Divine Wisdom Podcasts, and we've done three of them, and there's more to come. And they're these, like, 20-minute podcasts about different astrological passages in your life, and they're on both of our websites. I love them. I love them. Weaving in astrology and the tarot to help people to move through different passages of life. So Yes, yes. So they can find that at stephaniegaling.com or meganskinner.com, and they're called Divine Wisdom. And, well, there you go, Stephanie. Thank you for being such a champion today, I, uh, helping me out with this strange voice coughing thing. I think I need to like go now rest my voice, but thank you so much for being here and 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 handling that. Oh my god, anything I can do to support you and just happy August to you and to everybody. Yes, happy August. You go out there, be intentional, transform, yes. and I just wish you yeah, all Yeah, man. We love to hear the good news. news. So we are just rushed to hear the good news. But we are jealous to find the good news. NFTS, NFTS. News for the soul at the very best. NFTS, NFTS. News for the soul at the very best. NFTS, NFTS. News for the soul at the very best. Yeah, man. Just log on to www.newsforthesoul.com. Yeah, hear me? We are a life-changing talk radio. We give you good news to keep you on the go. And you can also share the good news you know. And that's the way we keep in the flow. We only focus on the positive things, yeah. We only focus on the positive things, yeah. We not go put none of the negative in there. We not go put none of the negative in there. 
NFTS, NFTS. News for the soul at the very best. NFTS, NFTS. News for the soul at the very best. Log on to www.newsforthesoul.com. Every time. Come here, the good news. Share the good news. And we all feeling good for the good news.